Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Dallas, Texas. My name is Sean Kelly, and we're going to spend a lot of time on the Pelicans today as New Orleans is here in Dallas to take on the Mavericks tonight, and they look to run a winning streak to six games after a win yesterday in Denver. Yep, it's going pretty well right now for the Pelicans, who find themselves a half game out of the playoff chase still for eight, right behind Oklahoma City. A win tonight here in Dallas would put the Pelicans into the playoff picture as they own the tiebreaker against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City's idle tonight. The other scoreboard watching will do is a game involving the Phoenix Suns. The Suns take on the Miami Heat here on this Monday. Yesterday's win was in comeback fashion. Tied up at the end of three quarters, the Pelicans came back, won the fourth quarter 34-27 for a final score of 99-92. And New Orleans is now 32-27 on the season and own a season-high five-game win streak. Look, it's become quite clear about this Pelicans team now in the absence of Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Three things. Number one, when they move the ball, they win ball games. 22 assists last night on 36 made field goals. And once again in the fourth quarter, timely defensive stops for the Pelicans have proven to be key, not just yesterday, but throughout the winning streak. And then one cannot underestimate the additions midseason of Dante Cunningham, Quincy Pondexter, and Norris Cole. They're all bringing a certain intangible to this team right now, that's paying big dividends. Cole, after a little bump in the road on Friday against the Miami Heat, uh, provided some valuable bench minutes again last night as he finished with 10 points on 4 of 9 shooting. Pondexter remains in the starting lineup and was defensively very nice last night in the fourth quarter. He ended up offensively with 8 points. And Dante Cunningham now has multiple games in a row of uh, double-digit scoring. 14 last night for Dante Cunningham on 7 of 12 shooting. He also added seven rebounds and two big steals and a block shot in his efforts last night playing the four. Now the four always plays along the five, and the starting center position continues to roll here post-All-Star break for the Pelicans. Omer Ashik had 16 rebounds last night, one shy of tying his career high, 
and Alexia Jensa was outstanding once again, and especially late. Of his 10 points total, eight of those came in the fourth quarter. He also had a couple of rebounds in the fourth quarter as well. And then when Tyreek Evans kind of figured out Denver last night, he got rolling as well. Nine of his 22 points, which was a game-high total, nine of the 22 came in the fourth quarter with three assists as well. Also in that fourth quarter, the Pelicans shot 10 of 18 from the field, two of four from the three-point line, and were 12 of 16 at the free-throw line. And while that 75% is not a tremendous percentage, they sure did better at getting to the line and cashing in than Denver did, who went 5 of 10 in the fourth quarter, despite being the bonus maybe, gosh, almost 10 of the 12 minutes in the fourth quarter last night. So a big win over a team that's now lost 10 straight at home. Denver's reeling, but New Orleans took care of business and snapped a six-game losing streak at the Pepsi Center to run that winning streak to five and get set for Dallas tonight. How big would a win be here? Well, it would even the season series, first of all, um, excuse me, on the season after the Pelicans beat Dallas last month in New Orleans. But uh, as we mentioned, it would put them into the eighth position in the playoff race and set you up for a homestand that has two variable winnable games on Wednesday and Friday, uh, starting with Detroit on Wednesday. We're going to hear from head coach Monty Williams, get his thoughts after the win yesterday. Also, Eric Gordon's uh, post-game presser, where he uh, finished yesterday with 18 points, a couple of big threes late, despite going 3 of 10 from uh, long range. Those threes were timely, especially in the second half, when Denver quite wouldn't were ready to go away in the third quarter. So that is for you on tap today. We'll also get to know uh, newcomer Justin Hamilton. And while he has not played yet for the Pelicans, uh, he is there to add depth and practice help for the Pelicans in the low post. The former LSU product makes his Black and Blue Report debut today. And we're also very honored to have NBA Hall of Famer Bob Lanier as our guest he was in New Orleans on Friday, had a chance to visit with him prior to the Pelicans game against the Miami Heat. On the football side, real quick, couple of notes. Uh, number one, we should know a salary cap number sometime later today. That will be released by the NFL, and we'll set the rest of uh, this stretch in motion, the stretch being up to March 10th and the end of the league year. Uh, that will uh, help New Orleans determine uh, what needs to go and what can stay and how things can be restructured with regard to the salary cap. And uh, we'll also... A little bit later this week, uh, get you into free agency uh, with some guests on here, right here on the Black and Blue Report. So with that, we'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll put a cap on yesterday's game at Denver with Monty Williams and Eric Gordon and turn our attention to Dallas. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion. 
because we know we can save you some money. This is Pelicans guard Eric Gordon, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to Dallas, Texas, and the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Yesterday's win for the New Orleans Pelicans was win number 160 for head coach Monty Williams as the head coach. Here was my visit with Coach Williams last night following the Pelicans' seven-point win at Denver. Coach, congratulations. Another strong fourth quarter for you guys to finish tonight. Yeah, I mean, they had 27 points, but I thought it was uh, the last few buckets were um, not gimmies, but we, I thought our defense was decent today. We held them to 40% from the field. Anytime you can hold somebody below 42, you feel like you're playing pretty good defense. And um, Offensively, we both were out of sync in the first half and the second half I thought Tyreek and Eric got going and Lexi had a good stretch um, for us uh, when they took the lead and uh, Luke had timely buckets tonight and Dante was good all night long uh, defensively and rebounding the ball I thought the steal he got in transition uh, really helped us and uh, he gave us some big time juice tonight. Coach, as we talked before the game, it's never easy to win here. Um, is there something to be said for overcoming the frustrations of the first maybe two to three quarters? Yeah, I think it's a growth moment for us. Um, you know, we weren't playing well, didn't have our best stuff, and our guys didn't get down at halftime. We just showed them a few things about playing smarter. Uh, we had some switches that we didn't take advantage of. Uh, Foy got open threes uh, to start the game. We gave up a layup and a corner three, which is what we don't want to give up. And we came in at halftime and just talked about playing a lot smarter. And then Tyreek, I thought he had command of the game. Um, when he got back in, he picked up four. He came back in the game. And I thought he had command of the game, going to the basket and finding guys. Do you win a game like this tonight if you haven't had some of the fourth quarters you've had here recently? Hard to say, yeah. but um, we've been in this position so many times. I'm sure the guys understand that we can win a game um, in different ways. Uh, offensively, it wasn't there. Uh, for the full 48 minutes, and we just found a way to grind it out. And, you know, for a young team, that's a big-time moment for us. Perhaps the thought about Ashik's play tonight. Yeah, he, you know, he had, at one point, I think he had 15 rebounds in 24 minutes. Um, he was really good at nullifying uh, Faree, uh, staying on his left shoulder and not giving him anything easy at the rim. Um, but for him to be able to, to take care of the paint like that, and then Lexi comes in and, is a great compliment offensively. So those those two have been good for us lately. Eric says they're playing with fun. Yeah. Is that cliche? I, I, that's how I want them to play. And, and fun is, you know, when you're winning, but, you know, defending and getting out and making the game easy. Uh, and I think it's fun because they're sharing the ball. You know, guys are whipping that ball around the, the horn, and it doesn't matter who scores or who gets the bucket. It, it's just a team thing. And I think it's, it's a, a lot of fun when you're just playing as a team. All right, that's head coach Monty Williams. Prior to that, we visited with Eric Gordon on the Pelicans radio network. Gordon, one of five double-digit scorers last night for New Orleans, had these thoughts following the Pelicans' fifth win in a row. Congratulations, Eric. That's a good fourth quarter and another win. That's five straight for the first time this year. Yeah, it was big. and yeah, You know, must need a win. You know, it's always it's always tough to play play here, you know, with all this altitude and all that. But uh, it was for, for sure to get a good win. Was it frustrating early, Eric? Yeah, early on in the game, for sure. Yeah, we just weren't playing our game. We got a little little winded. You know, it's just so uh, we just got to stick to our game plan and, and we sparked a, uh, had a good spark in the second half. Well, three of ten from beyond the arc. You, 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 just, you just had to wait to the fourth, didn't you, to get started, right? Well, I, I had to get going somehow. You know, I missed a lot of easy shots. I was, you know, getting a little frustrated about that. I don't like missing uh, easy shots like that, but it was good to see a couple going in the fourth. 
What was the difference in the fourth, I guess, overall as a team? And I, maybe it's the same thing you all have done in the fourth quarters here of late. Uh, we just made a good push towards, you know, down down to the like, six, five-minute mark in the fourth. And we just, you know, it was a tie game. And we just, uh, you know, we just had to gut it out and get a, get a win. Does it mean any more, Eric, that the five-game win streak has come with you guys shorthanded? Does it, does it do anything? Is that a, an extra, you know, lump of sugar on top? What, what would you say it is? You know what? We just have, we're just having fun. You know, we're not really worried about anything. You know, we, of course it's a, uh, of course it's tough to, you know, play with the guys out and all that. But we're we're just having fun. You know, we're, we're everybody's paying attention to detail, and it, it's just been fun for us. No doubt, and uh, the fun can continue tomorrow night at Dallas. This is not going to be an easy back-to-back, my friend. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, we we know that, but, hey, anything's possible with us. What about momentum? Does that help? Oh, for sure. You know, we, we, you know, we didn't, we're on a five-game win streak, and uh, we're going to go to Dallas and, and prepare to win. All right, sounds good. Congratulations. Nice night tonight. Tell the fellas I said so, okay? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so with that, we move on to Dallas, and the Mavericks are ready to go tonight, perhaps without the two Chandlers. Chandler Parsons is out with an ankle injury, and Tyson Chandler is questionable for this ball game at American Airlines Center here in Dallas. We'll see how it goes tonight. The Pelicans are looking to make it six in a row and move into playoff contention with a win here, hopefully, at the end of this road trip. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll visit with NBA Hall of Famer Bob Lanier. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island in a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Besh Restaurant Group and your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Dimps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. This past Friday at the Smoothie King Center, NBA Hall of Famer Bob Lanier was on hand to hand out the Community Assist Award to Pelicans forward Anthony Davis. It's not often that we have an NBA Hall of Famer in town, so we were eager to visit with Bob Lanier, the Hall of Famer inducted out of Buffalo, New York. Now, of course, in 14 seasons, Bob Lanier averaged 20.1 points, 10.1 rebounds per game, while shooting 51.4% from the field. He played in eight All-Star games and was named Most Valuable Player of the 1974 game. His induction to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame came in 1992, and his visit with us occurred this past Friday. Well, it's always a treat when we get an NBA Hall of Famer in the building, and that's certainly the case with Bob Lanier, who's here tonight. Special occasion in honoring Anthony Davis as he is the January uh, NBA Cares uh, Performer of the Month. And uh, I know that you, I think you enjoy being a part of that program. At least in the past when I've been able to talk to you, your link to this new generation of players and their want to give back 
seemingly is something that you're proud to talk about? Well, first of all, I gotta send my regrets out to the family of Earl Lloyd, who we just lost in our NBA family today. Uh, it's a big loss for us, but uh, about our NBA Cares and Kaiser Permanente uh, Community Assist Award, it's a great honor for us to have a guy like Anthony who is a emerging star. Matter of fact, you gotta say he's a star in our league yeah, right yeah. now. And he gets it early, he wants to give back to kids. Uh, it seems to be a foundation of his. And uh, it's just terrific. Bob, and I wanna ask you about Mr. Lloyd here in just a moment, but when, when you watch this generation now, um, what's the link? What's the link between your generation and theirs? in the game of basketball itself? Just about passion. You know, uh, guys that you see that play with passion every day and bring it uh, is the connecting factor. What's the story that you share with them that makes them uh, drop their jaw to the floor? There's gotta be one or two that, that you're willing to share. That's in the rotation, as they say. It's, it's not even jaw dropping. It's like we always talk about teamwork and hard work and coming in early and staying late and that's, about work ethic. And if you have that, you'll stay long in this league. And if you don't have it, you just come and go. That, that's, is that the unifying thing, the translation between the different eras of basketball? Oh, no question. Yeah. Because I always, I always want to have that conversation of, you know, what would Anthony Davis look like in the, in the set of rules that were played in the 80s and 90s, or even in the 60s and 70s? Is that even fair to, to try and take a player and see what he'd be like in a different set of rules? Well, AD is kind of slender <laughs> but he's long yes. you know so he would do good in any area plus he can handle uh, that's one of the things I wish I could have been able to do more back in my day was handle the rock as well as a kid like him at his height handles the rock. When you talk about player development and it's changed so much with the AAU programs like what Anthony Davis came up through as opposed to you know the old the old playground slash high school rivalries and all that. Um, is there one way that's better than the other in your eyes? No, I would think today's AAU world is killer because these kids come up at early ages playing against each other in these national tournaments, which we never did. Ours were just secular tournaments when you got out of high school. Uh, these kids are evaluated from an early age and with so much technology now, it, they're global. When I asked for permission to visit with you tonight, they reminded me that you like to get here early and watch the guys go through their pregame routine. What, what is it that you enjoy watching about this part of the night? You know, you just see if a guy comes out here and how hard he kind of works on his game. Some guys just come out here and kind of goof around, but as you look at different players, uh, you see they're kind of intensity growing for the focus for the game with about to commence. Bob, what was your routine? Get, take, take me back to when you were getting ready for a game. Did you, were you a, a kind of a ritualistic type guy, same thing every night, or did you mix it up a little bit? No, I, it, it depended on how I felt. I, I very rarely, I think, came out, you know, to shoot. Uh, because people would bug you so much back in, the, well, they probably bugged these guys too. Uh, and so I'd stay focused in the training room, putting ice on my knees and getting wrapped. Uh, and then I'd rarely just talk to people uh, on game days. I was just uh, trying to be focused. 
You mentioned earlier the passing of Earl Lloyd, and that was on my mind today in preparing to want to visit with you, uh, a pioneer. One of my coaches, man. He was one of my mentors, and I loved him dearly. It just uh, shows you how vulnerable we are. You know, he, he's had a good life, no question about that, and he was definitely an asset to our league. What did you learn most from him? I think humility. Um, he helped me grow as a young man at 21. He was with the Pistons when I was there, mm -hmm. and then he became my coach in, I think, my third year, just before uh, Ray Scott. I think you're maybe 20 years his junior. Uh, he came into the league at, what, 1950? 56, maybe, right? I think maybe 50. 50, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to having an appreciation for the landscape that he walked into in breaking the color barrier in the NBA, you know, with his first run with the Washington Capitals. Those in my generation, these, even this younger generation, it's hard for us to truly identify and appreciate what the pioneers of our game were up against and what they had to accomplish. Man, I, they're better, better men than me. Um, we, were, we were down in uh, Memphis uh, at the uh, museum, um, and I had a chance to walk through the museum with Earl Lloyd on one side of me and Wayne Embry on the other side of me. And they both had lived through that whole era, and they just were describing stuff, and they were like living encyclopedias for me. Um, so it was really, really... I don't know, eye-opening. Now, that, 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 that was a jaw-dropping moment, if you, you will. When I've talked to Willis Reed over the years, he was an ambassador with the New Orleans franchise for some time. He almost saw his age group, and I guess that would be similar to yours, as the bridge. It's, it, it, he found it to be so important to help take the Earl Lloyds of the basketball world's experience, not only as basketball players, but as men and black men, and try and translate it to this generation. Do you have a same similar feel as to, I guess, a role? Well, yeah, I think you have to pass on the, that torch of knowledge because these are the guys that are carrying our game right now, mm -hmm. and they have to learn from us and the way we've helped set the table for them just like the guys before us had to learn the same situation. And with black males, just like uh, Earl Love was the fact, first black to play in the league uh, way long time ago, if they didn't send that message to what was going on, you know, they couldn't stay in hotels with the team. They had to go in different restaurants. I mean, that was, that, that was the era of Jim Crow, and things are so different now. I mean, guys can come up on jet planes, limousines. Um, the, the culture is very different, and, and the game is global now, too, which is uh, very good for all of us. This group of players now, are they inquisitive about it? Or do you have to openly share? Well, we have a, a rookie transition program that helps adapt them to the league, which none of us have when we were coming in. I think the NBA has done a wonderful job, along with the Players Association, of bringing young people in, making them aware, and, and helping them transition from college to pros. Bob, this season, in the games that you've been able to see, whether it be in person or on television, Who's moved the needle a little bit for you? Who do you enjoy watching more than, say, somebody else? Well, I enjoy good basketball, but I got to say, uh, this kid, Westbrook, has uh, kind of take, taken on more of a leadership role today than 
I think he's done in the past, and I like seeing that to be accountable and responsible like that. We're honored to have you as a guest tonight. I'm sure glad we got a chance to visit. Oh, I, let me give kudos out to Mr. Davis, too, because he's come not along just as uh, in the community, but he's come along in our game as well. We love him. <laughs> we love him. I, I, I can see why. Basketball Hall of Famer Bob Lanier. And when we come back, we'll continue our Pelicans conversation with one of the newest members of the team, former LSU product, Justin Hamilton. Be at Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, March 4th at 7, when the Detroit Pistons come to town. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, the Pelicans dance team, and more. Tickets start as low as $10. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your seats today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans forward slash center. Is that fair? Forward slash center? Yep, that's okay. right. Pelicans forward slash center. Justin Hamilton joins us on the Black and Blue Report for the first time. Uh, he's been a Pelican for about a week now. Um, and I'm wondering if you've settled back into your old Louisiana ways, having been at LSU just for a short time there. Yep, here and there. It's nice. You kind of get a leg up, don't you, on most of these guys coming to this region for the first time? You at least have an idea of how kind of crazy we are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little leg up, just uh, especially with the food and just how the environment is, and I'm glad to be back. Of course, Justin was acquired uh, in the uh, big trade deadline day deal last week. Gosh, 39 players. Can you believe that? 39 <laughs> players moved a week ago Thursday, uh, and you were a part of, I guess, you could say you were a part of history, Justin. Yeah, I was a part of it. <laughs> Uh, shocking in any way, or were you good with it? Uh, it was a little surprising, but uh, I'm really good with it. All right, spending his time with the Miami Heat. Let's go back to the LSU days for a moment, because it, mm -hmm. you and I visited a little bit about this the other night, and uh, maybe I was being, uh, I don't know, I was just curious, I guess, <laughs> because you grew up in Salt Lake City, Yep. and then you end up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it wasn't the easiest answer, was it? No, it wasn't. It was a little different coming down here. Take it, tell tell them what you told me about how you make it all the way down to Baton Rouge from Salt Lake City. Uh, well, initially I went to Iowa State University, and after playing there for two years, I decided to transfer. And uh, initially when I was transferring, I was uh, considering a couple schools, but uh, Trent Johnson at LSU was the first one to call me. Uh, he came to my house the next day after he called me, and really enjoyed what he had to say and then when I came on my visit to LSU I uh, loved it and it was there was it was a spring break there was no one on campus and I just loved it even then it was uh, it was just I uh, just felt like it was it was the right place for me and it turned out to be great probably the weather was pretty decent too that probably didn't hurt yeah it was great it was <laughs> nice and sunny and just hanging out there it was really it was awesome favorite memory from LSU favorite memory uh, you asked me this last week yeah uh, the whole experience was great um, 
just uh, certain games, there was a lot of great memories uh, just with my teammates. Um, it's hard to pinpoint one great memory, but uh, always uh, Saturday nights and Death Valley was always fun. Uh, I just have to say everything. It was awesome. You did share one not-so-great memory with me. At least you, you put it that way, and I said, well, maybe it wasn't as bad as you think. You thought, you thought, hey, look, I'm going back to New Orleans Arena, which is now the Smoothie <laughs> King Center, um, yep. where maybe the last time I was there I'd like to make up for that. Yeah, yeah. Last time I was there was uh, against my teammate now, Anthony Davis, and it uh, wasn't my greatest shooting performance, so now i got to make it up and have a better better nights there. <laughs> I think you're a better shooter than people give you credit for, or yeah, at least I'm, you've had a chance to show so far. I'm pretty good, yeah. <laughs> um, when will you – I mean – Look, you can. The, the nice thing is that with your size, you can play with your back to the basket. Yeah. And so with good perimeter shooters, you're probably going to be asked to play with your back to the basket yep. a lot. Um, when do you get that chance, or how do you get that chance to show that you can be that next 6'10 or above guy that can also step out and shoot a little bit? Uh, just in practice every day, you got to show that you're willing to put in the time. And when the opportunity calls, you got to take it. So were you always the biggest man in any team or school you were at nope no uh even here at lsu we had uh andrew del piero oh, a famous right. tuba player that turned into a basketball player me and him worked out a lot it was fun <laughs> so I, I guess the reason i asked i asked that is because right or wrong because of size you can get kind of put in a box sometimes yeah and so when did the shooting happen uh well i started playing basketball when i was 16 and from that point on, I had a kind of a coach that was telling me to not limit yourself to back the basket, like learn how to shoot, learn how to have touch. And so I just slowly progressed. And through high school, I was never uh, required to shoot, but I always could shoot. Mm -hmm. And in college uh, at Iowa State, they didn't want me to shoot. So that was a big part of why I transferred was just to be a bigger, bigger focal point. But uh, at LSU, they wanted me to shoot. I didn't shoot a lot of threes then, but I could. It was more of just like game-winning shots, stuff like that. They had me taking them, but uh, I just kept working at it, working at it, and uh, it's become a big part of my game, and it's hard to defend me. Why did you wait till 16 to start playing ball? Uh, I like skateboarding and snowboarding. <laughs> That's Salt Lake City. There you go. But, cool. uh, and then when I was younger, I played basketball. I was really small, and I had a coach that just yelled and screamed at me, and I thought this isn't fun. Why well, play it? <laughs> How tall were you in 16? 16, I was six, eight or six, nine. So you ate a lot. Yep. Poor mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you come from an athletic family? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, BYU, correct? Yep. What did they uh, did they encourage you to go to BYU? Did you want to go to uh, BYU? They they I didn't really want to go to BYU. Mm -hmm. I wanted to leave leave the state. Uh, they didn't really push me one way or the other. They wanted me to make my own decision, and so it was uh, turned out to be good good choices, I guess. All right, so I'm seeing a pattern here. Um, made a good decision as a youngster. Hey, look, this isn't fun. So why would I want to do it? Um, I'm in Salt Lake City where I can snowboard six to seven <laughs> months of the year. Skateboarding is cool, too. Well, maybe I'll try basketball again and a family that encouraged you to find your own way. Yeah, it, um, was, so, uh, it was more of my dad. He yeah. was a big football guy. I thought I was going to be a football player, mm -hmm. and he was the one at 16 that convinced me to go try out for the basketball team. I think he promised me to like, go out to eat or something, and so I decided to try out. <laughs> it shaped you in a lot of ways. I mean, this, I guess freedom to choose, to explore. Yeah. 
And so therefore, there must be something off the floor I don't know about that is rather interesting. What would that be? Uh, you've got. I know you've dabbled in something. Uh, there's there's a lot. I'm, I like to get outdoors. I like to be active. Okay. So there's a little bit of everything. I like to. I just like doing things differently. <laughs> Have you found it interesting that there's an NFL team across the parking lot, or is it? <laughs> Not bothered you one way or the other? Uh, well, the funny thing is I still haven't been to an NFL game. Uh, I've been, when I was here in Louisiana, our coach always just happened to make the practice time where we couldn't make it down to the Saints game. <laughs> and then when I was in uh, Miami, like all the same thing. Whenever there's an opportunity, I couldn't make it. And so I still haven't been there. I like watching it. I enjoy like different players, but uh, I still have yet to be to one or gone, gone right. to see one. <laughs> uh, Justin's with us here in Studio B, fresh off of his first photo shoot in his uh, in his Pelicans home whites. Uh, he also has game shoes on, which are red today, um, red Nike high tops. Uh, Justin, at 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 your f- shoe size, that's like a small automobile sitting over there. <laughs> what size shoe do you wear? I wear eighteen and a seventeen and a half. Just depends on what make and model, but. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to have the sport in them. <laughs> You're not exactly going to Macy's to buy your shoes, are you? No, all online. It's hard. I don't think I've been able to shop in a store since I was 16. <laughs> Everybody says, man, would it be great to be seven feet tall? And I go, no, there's no shower heads that seem to be good. Yep. Everything else. I mean, Only at, our, at the basketball facilities. They always have shower heads that are nice and high. <laughs> if you could change one thing about um, the way society, I guess, views uh, men of your size, what would it be? I just uh, make sure the door swings are a little higher. Those little metal swing doors always catch you in the head. I don't see any scars. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I heal pretty well. That's good. <laughs> um, back to basketball for a moment. Uh, the challenge of joining a team at this point in the season, yeah. the challenge of finding a way in a rotation. Um, you shared with me that uh, you kind of found your way in Miami a little bit, and then you had a concussion that set you back. Yep. Um, what What's your plan? What's your process going to be here? And it doesn't have to just be the next seven weeks. Let's think longer term than that. What would yeah. you, how would you like to see this go, and how do you want to do it? Uh, well, like there's already been a culture that's getting set here. The team is playing really well right now. We're on a three-game win streak, three game win streak. So right now it's hard to just throw in like just – be thrown in. Uh, Norris has done a good job with the lack of guards being available. Uh, for me, the bigs right now are playing great, so it's it's hard to just uh, try to mess up their rhythm. So for me, I'm just trying to practice my game, stay in shape, stay ready, and for it may not be this season I get thrown in there. It may be next season. It may be a year. i got to look for the future down the road and just continue my progression with here in New Orleans and Hopefully it's a long-term thing. All right, very good. 41's the number now that you've got? Yeah, they, they decided to throw me back in my college number. So Is that cool with you? Yeah, it's cool with me. It's all also right. my birthday, so it's all good. Okay. 4-1. <laughs> That's interesting. But that was just a coincidence, right? Uh, yeah, it happened to be a coincidence. It started in high school, and then I started realizing all the different 4-1 combinations, and all that worked out. Any so. nicknames we need to be aware of? Um, a lot of people call me Ham, Big Ham, J-Ham. Okay. I'm a big fan of ham, so that yeah. <laughs> uh, good to meet you a little further, uh, and we're anxious for you to uh, to make your impact, which I know you already are on the practice floor, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, hearing good things from the coaches, I don't know if they give you any feedback or not, but <laughs> there you go, there's oh, some feedback. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment.
Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, we're about ready to put a wrap on things here from Dallas, Texas this morning on the Black and Blue Report. Glad you could join us. And special thanks to our guests, Bob Lanier, Justin Hamilton, Monty Williams, and Eric Gordon. We thank you, too, for joining us here on this uh, rainy, cold, dreary Monday all across the South. It's uh, not much better here in Dallas than it is in New Orleans today, I promise you that. We'll hope for a good result tonight as the Pelicans take on the Dallas Mavericks. We'll be rooting for the Miami Heat, too. We need them to beat the Phoenix Suns. Daniel Salerson's your host tomorrow for the Black and Blue Report. We'll put a wrap on the Dallas-New Orleans game and a whole lot more, of course, anytime you're ready after noon central weekdays here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. You can always follow this show on Twitter. Get the daily lineup and more at Black Blue Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live. Help us spread the word, won't you? The Black and Blue Report is available to you for free at pelicans.com, neworleansaints.com, on iTunes, and, of course, on both of the team's mobile apps. From Dallas, Texas, I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Monday. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.